This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. But it's not just the anointing itself that makes the difference. It takes faith mixed with the anointing to produce results. This is so critical for you to understand. Because if you don't understand this, if you don't understand that it's man that was given authority here on the earth, you were given authority on the earth. And if you don't understand the importance of the the anointing of the Holy Ghost or the presence of the Holy Ghost or the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, then you'll never get to the place where the will of God will be done in your life just like it is here on the earth, just like it is in heaven. It's critical for us to understand that. But I think most of the church world misses that. I think they just miss out on it entirely. Now, let me show you some things that Jesus said about himself. I want you to look with me both to John chapter 5 and John chapter 14. John chapter 5, I want you to get this. And Jesus said this on, well, on two occasions we're going to look at, another one that we could refer to as well, but we won't take time. John chapter 5, verse 19, Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Now, Jesus is talking about himself. He's talking about him. And he says, I can do nothing of myself. Now, I know that's blasphemous for some people to consider that the Son of God is saying, I can't do this by myself. Because we've got the idea, we meaning the modern-day church, has the idea that because Jesus was the Son of God, he could do anything. And he did do anything. And everything that he did, he did because he was the Son of God. But Jesus said it was just not so. He said the Son can do nothing of himself. Well, then that would have to mean that he's not healing by on his own power. That would have to mean that he's not doing miracles because he's the son of God. Notice he finishes saying where this power comes from. The son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do, for what things soever that he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Jesus is saying, I'm not doing the works, it's the Father in me that's doing them. Now let's examine that for a minute. What does he mean when he says the Father in me is doing the works? He was just as much the Son of God before he was anointed by the Holy Ghost as he was after. And he didn't do any healings or miracles before he was anointed of the Holy Ghost. So when he says the Father in me, he can't be talking about because I'm literally the Son of God born into this world. If that were the source of his power, as we said before, he wouldn't need to be anointed of the Holy Spirit. So when he says what he sees the Father do or the Father in him does the works, what he's referring to is the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice he calls that seeing the Father, what the Father does. He says the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees his Father do. He's saying that the power of the Holy Ghost enables him to see God's will, God's plan, and God's purpose. Well, the Holy Ghost isn't any different for Jesus than he is for you. 
part of God never changing. So if the Holy Ghost enabled Jesus to see the will and the plan and the purpose of God the Father for him and his life and his ministry, why would we not be able to expect the Holy Ghost to show us the same thing for us? Now, there's only two ways that the Holy Ghost can reveal or cause you to see something. One is through the Word, and the other is by revealing to your spirit, most often by the inward witness. So Jesus is literally saying, I do what I see my Father do through the Word of God. And as I'm led by the Holy Spirit from within. Turn with me over to John chapter 14. Here's Jesus talking to his disciples just before the Last Supper. We'll start in verse 10, John 14, verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. He said, I'm not the source of the teaching. Now, we know he's the one that did the teaching. He's the one that's speaking. So what does he mean? He means the words that he's given, the words that he speaks and teaches to the people are given to him by somebody else. He's just the conduit for what God the Father has directed him to speak to the people by the Holy Ghost. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. Again, it's the same thing we referred to before. How is God doing the works? Not because he's the Son of God, but because he's anointed and empowered by the Holy Ghost. So he's saying the Holy Ghost is is the... working agent that gives him the words to say and directs him what to do. He goes on. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. Which means the Holy Ghost is going to be the same in us as he was in Jesus. The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask, the word ask means to call for or require, to make a demand on. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now notice what Jesus is telling us. Jesus is telling us that the Holy Ghost doing the works through him brings God glory. Now, if the Holy Ghost only wanted to glorify God through Jesus, but doesn't want to glorify God through you and me, then he changed. But in fact, Jesus is saying, if you'll use my name, if you'll put a demand on my name, the same works that the Holy Ghost is enabling and equipping me to do here on the earth, you'll do too. And even greater works... Because of the day of the church, when Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So put a demand on my name that the Father may be glorified through my name used by you. Folks, here's my point this morning. If we're going to accomplish the will of God in the earth, just like it is in heaven, not only for our own lives, but to help set other people free too. We're going to have to develop faith in the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Now, this shouldn't be a surprise to any of us who know the word. You remember in the Old Testament in Zechariah chapter 4, it's talking about the rebuilding of the temple. And there were insurmountable problems facing the children of Israel to accomplish the work. But the Lord said to Israel even then, this work won't be done by your power or your might. No human strength will get this thing done, which is what so often we're looking for to accomplish whatever it is we see that needs to be done. But the Lord said, it won't be by your human strength or your human power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. He talked about the mountain moving by shoutings of grace, grace unto it. Now, grace has a lot of different definitions, a lot of different ways that the word grace is used in the Bible. But certainly we could say that they're all encompassed by the finished work of Jesus. That's the ultimate display of the grace of God. So it's an Old Testament type of the principle of the kingdom of heaven that we are to be masters of, that principle called faith. The spoken word producing supernatural results. The spoken word producing supernatural results. Now, when Jesus said, the Father in me is doing the works, I'm not doing them of myself, think about what that means. That means when Jesus prayed, the Holy Ghost multiplied the loaves and the fishes. What did Jesus do? He prayed, blessed the food. That means when Jesus healed cripples, he ministered to them, but the Holy Ghost causes the power of God to change their bodies. That means when Jesus spoke the word, the Holy Ghost made good his word to heal the sick that he spoke to. That means when Jesus took a step out on the water, the Holy Ghost did whatever he had to do for Jesus to walk on the water. I don't know what what happened with that. I don't know if Jesus became weightless or the water became solid or any other of a number of possibilities there. I don't know. I'm sure glad that we don't have to figure out how it's got to work. When you know that the Holy Ghost is there to do the work, then you can trust and rest in him. But that's literally what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I've never healed anybody. The Holy Ghost did. Well, what did Jesus do then? He laid hands on them. That means Jesus didn't turn the water into wine. He's the one that told the servants to fill up the water pots and then bear it to the governor of the feast. But the Holy Ghost did whatever was necessary to change this molecular structure of the water and make it wine. In other words... It sounds a lot like what the Bible tells us to do. To lay hands on the sick and watch the sick recover. To use the name of Jesus and watch the Holy Ghost make good on whatever we speak. If Jesus had something more than what we have in the operation of the Holy Ghost, then the Bible's a lie. The Bible says he came to earth to be a man. 
if Jesus had some feeling or sense of power that we all just assumed that he had, if he had some feeling or sense of power that we don't have, then how in the world could he expect us to do the same stuff that he was doing himself? Unless he gives us that some special sense of power. Anybody got that special sense of power? I'm glad there are no hands. We don't want to have to start praying for liars. None of us have that. And that's what so much of the church world is waiting to feel or sense or acknowledge before we'll step out and do what the Bible says to do. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Look at John chapter 17. This is Jesus' prayer after the Last Supper with the disciples just before he's betrayed and goes to the cross. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son may also glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou sent. I have glorified thee on the earth I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, please notice verse 5. Remember we talked before about Philippians 2, 5 or 6, whichever one it is, where it says he made himself of no reputation. Literally, he emptied himself. That has to mean he emptied himself of his heavenly power and glory. This confirms that. Notice in John chapter 17, verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me, with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now notice Jesus is saying that he does not have glory at that moment in time. Not the same glory that he had before the creations of the world. Where did it go? Why doesn't he have the same glory that he had before the world began? Because he emptied himself of it to come to the earth and become a man. So he's saying, Father, because I've finished the work you've given me to do here on the earth. He knows the cross is ahead of him. This is Garden of Gethsemane stuff. He's aware of what's ahead. He knows more than anybody else the great suffering and the great price that has to be paid because the wages of sin is death, meaning spiritual death. And he's asking the Father for something. He's saying, I want the glory back that I emptied myself of. 
when this is all over, I want the same glory that I had before the world began. Folks, it's, it's hard for us to imagine the step down that Jesus took to come to the earth. But he's given us a little bit of a hint here. He doesn't say now, you know, it was pretty cool before we created the world, but man, this is all right. You know, just let me live through this. No, he says, I want it the way it was before. I want that back. Which means he was operating on the earth with a whole lot less than the glory he had in heaven before he came to the earth. Let's go down to verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are mine, or they are thine, excuse me. And all are, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world. Now, please notice Jesus is making a direct comparison. Just like you, Father, sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself. He's talking about the cross and the suffering of the cross. That they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 22 is the one that I'm trying to get to. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. Now, he's already said that he wants the glory back that he had with the Father before the world begins. So the glory that he's operating here in the earth with is not that same glory that he had before. So what is the glory that he's operating in the earth under? The word glory just, seems, just means visible or appearing. It's something that takes place in the physical realm that's praiseworthy. It would include all the miracles that he did. It would include all the healings that he did, all the great works that the Holy Ghost anointed him to do. All those things are what Jesus calls his glory. So notice he's saying that we don't have the same glory that he had before the world began. He laid that aside. He's got it back again now that he's raised from the dead. But he said, I'm giving them the same commission that you gave me to go into the earth. Same commission to do the same works, same healing, same miracles, same raising the dead, same casting out devils. 
I'm giving them exactly the same work. He doesn't say I'm giving them a lesser work. He says I'm giving them the same thing that you gave me. I sent them to do the same thing you sent me to do. That would have to be the same work. It would have to be an equal position. Well, if we're going to do the same work, we're going to have to have the same equipment that Jesus had to do the work. Now, Jesus couldn't do the work before he was anointed of the Holy Ghost. So then what is the work that the equipment for the work that he's given us to do? What must that be? The anointing of the Holy Ghost. And notice he's saying that he's praying this not just for the 12, but for everybody that's going to believe on them, on him through their word. Well, that's you and me. Everybody in the church is a part of the family of God because of the preaching and teaching of the apostles. They're the foundation. The apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church itself. So he's saying, the glory that you gave me, the anointing of the Holy Ghost that enabled him to heal the sick, cast out devils, walk on the water, do signs and wonders and miracles. He said, the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now, when Jesus was anointed of the Holy Ghost, what did he do? He went around saying the kingdom of God is at hand. It's close. It's close to coming to pass. And just being close to coming to pass enabled him to do miracles. Well, for us, it's already come to pass. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus tried to figure that out naturally, and Jesus said, no, except you be born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It takes a natural birth and a new birth, a spiritual rebirth, to enter into the kingdom of God. Well, we've entered into that kingdom. It's not just close. It's not just at hand for us. We're in with the same commission and the same equipment that Jesus had himself. That sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But it is true. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. Now, please notice the glory that he's talking about. He's talking about glory based on relationship. You enter into a relationship with God through the new birth. He's very simply saying that every child of God is commissioned and has equipment available for them to do the same stuff here on the earth because it's the will of God for the things that are the way they are in heaven to be the way they are here on the earth now. God makes no distinction between heaven and earth. His will is the same for his people. No distinction whatsoever. God's the same no matter where we are. And the glory which thou gavest me. That's not the glory that he had before the earth began. It was the glory that he received when the Holy Ghost came upon him. And the glory which thou gavest me. I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and thou in me. That they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will 
that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Please notice he's not saying be with me where I'm going. He's going to the Father. He's going to heaven. He says, I will that they be with me where I am. Where is Jesus when he's talking about where he is? He's on the earth with the authority of a human being, dominion given to him by God, and anointed and empowered by the Holy Ghost. He's saying, Father, I will. This is the will of Jesus. I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. He's talking about relationship with God and supernatural divine equipment to do the works that he did. That they may behold my glory. The glory is the visible appearing, which Jesus always referred to as the healings and the miracles and the mighty works. That they may behold my glory. He's not saying I want them to see me sitting at your right hand. He's saying, I want them to see and experience the glory that I have because of my relationship with you by being your son here now on the earth that they may see the visible evidence and proof of that which is praiseworthy to God. Folks, this even goes so far as the raising of Lazarus to the dead, from the dead. When When Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, He knew immediately how this thing was going to turn out. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. What does that mean? He's saying the ultimate end of this thing will be Lazarus being raised from the dead to glorify God the Father. When he gets there four days later, he tells tells the, the servants to roll away the tomb, roll away the stone from the edge of the tomb. Martha speaks up and says, he's been dead too long. By now he sinks. And Jesus said, did, you, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? See, folks, the glory of God is always referred to as some kind of visible evidence or proof of God's power and goodness. Remember, Jesus said, whatever you call for or require in my name, that shall I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, to come full circle, remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, talking about the end end time signs, he said, this gospel of the kingdom, where the will of God is done in the earth just like it is in heaven, he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world with proof or evidence. King James says, for a witness. Literally means with proof or evidence. And then shall the end come. And then shall the end come. I'm not looking for things to get better in the earth. I'm looking for the church to manifest the glory of God. One of the prayers that Paul prayed for the church as he was inspired by the Holy Ghost to pray was that God would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. There's nothing greater than to know who you are in Christ, what belongs to you because of Jesus' sacrifice, and what God's plan and purpose for your life really is. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
Now we see what the new birth is supposed to be about. It's about a substitution. In other words, we have the ability, the potential, to master the principles that govern the kingdom of God so that the will of God is done in our lives here on the earth, just like it is in heaven. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.